you know, that's the one thing I think if I could tell any of the, of the listeners, no matter what you, you do and, you know, where you decide to put your money, you need to be able to measure. Welcome to Manufacturing Happy Hour, the podcast where we get real about the latest trends and technologies impacting modern manufacturers. Manufacturing Happy Hour. Each week, we interview industry experts that are at the top of their craft and give you the tools, tactics and strategies you need to take your career and your business to the next level. And now your host, Chris Lukey. Hey, hey, welcome to episode 40. Today, we're talking about driving business results through modern marketing and social media. Our guest today is Craig Francisco, the president of Robex. They are an impressive automation company based out of Perrysburg, Ohio, not too far from Toledo. Now, sales and marketing, we've talked about this on the show a handful of times. Episodes 24 and 25, for example, are great marketing episodes where we talk to some industrial marketing agency owners, and that's great content. But today, I think what makes this episode unique is we're talking to someone who's actually with a manufacturer, someone that's providing industrial robotics and automation solutions to the industry. And he's talking about their marketing strategy and what's worked and what's gotten them results. So without further ado, here are the three things you can expect from today's episode. First, we're going to get to know Craig. Craig has had an illustrious career in sales and marketing. He's going to tell us about some of his early mentors, lessons he's learned along the way, as well as why he decided to double down on sales. Second, we're going to talk about marketing and LinkedIn strategies. This is fairly tactical. We're going to talk about some of the stories of things that have worked for Robex. We're going to talk about some of the mistakes that Craig has seen and made throughout his time working in this space. Then finally, we're going to talk about why it's so important to create valuable content for the right audience. This is really the crux of any good industrial marketing strategy. Finally, we're going to talk about tying marketing and social media to actual business results. And Craig is going to share how you too can get started on the same journey that's brought them success at Robex that you can do at your own company as well. Since we cover strategy and tactics in this episode, for any of the resources that we mentioned, you can go to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash 40 to access the show notes for this show. And by the way, this is just going to be one of the first of a few episodes that we do with Craig. In future episodes, we'll be talking more about technology, but this one is really more focused around the sales and marketing strategy. Before we get rolling with the episode, I've got two more quick things for you. First, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. Now, you can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes. It'll take you straight there. And I know I use this as a call to action all the time, but I want to start using this segment as a way to thank those of you that have also left those rating and reviews. I mean, seriously, over 60 of you have done this so far. So I want to give a shout out to Paul, who left one of our most recent reviews. He said, Chris has such a fun and natural style with his guests. I also love the beer theme. Um, (laughs) He also says he has great guests who bring really interesting thoughts and ideas about the manufacturing industry to the show. Paul, thank you so much for taking the time to leave that five-star rating and review over at iTunes. Again, if you want to leave a short review just like that, head to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash 
iTunes. Also wanted to thank one of our two sponsors of today's show before we get rolling, and they're actually our newest sponsor of the show, Gen Alpha. Gen Alpha is an e-commerce company for manufacturers. They put e-commerce solutions together for equipment manufacturers to help you and your customers find the right parts faster. What I love about them is they're not just an e-commerce company, but all of their leadership team comes from equipment manufacturers themselves. They've all been in heavy industry before. They know the industry works. They know the challenges. So they are a great outfit for manufacturing e-commerce solutions. If you want to learn more about them, head to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash genalpha, where you can access episode 34, featuring our interview with their president and COO, Christina Harrington. Thanks so much, Gen Alpha, for sponsoring Manufacturing Happy Hour. And with that, we got an episode to get going for you. Let's head to Perrysburg, Ohio, to meet up with Craig Francisco. It's good to have you here, Craig. I've been excited uh, for this one for a while. I as well. Welcome to Perrysburg, Ohio. First time here. I feel like I've explored Ohio pretty well. So, far, like in, in my life, yeah. I've done, you know, been to Cedar Point and Sandusky. I've gone to, uh, been to Cleveland, spent a lot of time working in Columbus with Anheuser-Busch back in the day, visited Cincinnati a handful of times. This is the last spot, the Toledo Good. area. So, well, well, welcome. It's too bad you have to visit in the middle of, of COVID, but you still get a chance to, to see a lot that we have to offer and some phenomenal restaurants and great place. Yeah. So, well, since this is manufacturing happy hour, if you, you mentioned the restaurants, where would we be doing this if we were doing it off? Off-site right now, if we were having this over a drink at a bar or a restaurant or wherever. Yeah, that's a good question. There's so many phenomenal places. Uh, I would think that uh, one of our favorites here, because it's local to Love is Commons, would be Benchmark. Okay. It's really a top steakhouse, in, in my opinion, in, in Toledo and um, one of the best I've ever been to. So that's a, a place we'd probably be set up in their, their bar area during the happy hour. Benchmark. I Benchmark, dig it. Yeah. Well, in that case, the first uh, the first question I have, let's say we're having this conversation mm-hmm. at Benchmark over a beverage or over a steak. You know, From what I've seen, Craig, you're kind of a, a jack of all trades in uh, in in the manufacturing spot. And, and to be honest, I want to make sure I give you a proper introduction to the listeners out there. So for those of you listening today, Our guest is a modern sales and marketing guru in manufacturing and beyond. In his 25-year career, he served as an operations leader, a podcast host, a sales consultant, and is now the president at Robex, a brand new automation company that is taking the world by storm with an incredible team and deep expertise in the food, glass, and tissue industries, just to name a few. Craig Francisco, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. So now that I cut my question off halfway through to, to provide an elaborate introduction, I want to hear it from your perspective, since, since you have done a lot mm-hmm. in, in the manufacturing space and in your career. You know, if we're drinking there at Benchmark and I ask you or someone asks you, it's like, Craig, what is it you do? What do you tell them? You know, I think for, for us here at Robex, first of all, I'm just, I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of such an amazing mm-hmm. team. It's really everybody here that makes this place work. I just happen to be lucky enough to to be a part of it. We are really, I think, a, a bridge for our customers to to get through a challenging time in manufacturing, which is the, the challenge before COVID existed, which would be a, the labor shortage. So it's a, it's a mm-hmm. real problem. Still is a problem. Um, finding people for certain roles. Once you find them, you onboard them. You know, are they going to pass the drug test? Are they going to show up to work? You know, day three, day five, day thirty. Turnovers 
crazy high. Mm-hmm. So the amount of money that our customers are investing in finding people, training them once they're on board, and then trying to retain them is extremely expensive, frustrating, difficult. And I don't care where you are in the country, everybody has that problem. Mm-hmm. Now layer on COVID-19. I mean, mm-hmm. what a mess, right? So once you do find the people, you've got to keep everybody safe. We got to keep, you know, socially distanced. It's it's a real challenge. So what Robex does, we are helping customers find ways to automate through typically robotics Mm -hmm. to where they can take a a job that is difficult to fill Mm -hmm. or is difficult for the person to, you know, manually perform the task. Maybe it's repetitive. There could be some safety issues. Um, You know, it it could be a lot of things that make the job difficult to keep filled. Well, we we come in and we'll look at uh, finding solutions to automate. Love that. And I, I do want to talk more about Robex as we get into this interview and, and honestly, a, a series of interviews because you have no shortage of experiences that, that I'm interested to tap into. But, you know, I, I want to hear a bit about your story first before we get in there. And, you know, like, like I mentioned in your intro, you've done a number of th- things in your career. Mm-hmm. But is it fair to say that in many ways you've doubled down on, on sales and, and marketing as one of your core specialties yeah, hundred percent for sure. Of of all the things that you've done, why have you gravitated towards that, or you know what what has made that a specialty? Of yours? Yeah, I think for me, even prior to joining Robex, I've always just been fascinated with mm-hmm. with how you know it, one company can be really successful. Mm-hmm. Maybe their product is superior, maybe not. Um, maybe their location, maybe timing's right. There's a lot of things that play into it, but I I really believe the ability of, for a company to stay relevant to understand how to market and position the brand, mm-hmm. tap it into the brand side marketing, as well as understanding how to invest in sales the right way, take care of your people, you know, setting goals, measuring. It's just to me, the whole, the whole thing's been fascinating. So I've mm-hmm. kind of been a study, um, read, you know, dozens of books, if not hundreds of sales and marketing books, listen to other podcasts all the time Mm -hmm. um, of some of the best in the industry and and really take what I hear and try to figure out, okay, so how does that apply to Robex? What can we do, you know, to be different and and to really continue to kind of push the envelope? You know, you mentioned books, you mentioned podcasts. I have to take that as an opportunity to ask, is there, of all the books you've read, is there one that sticks out as the one that's been most helpful for, let's say, for the sales folks in our audience that are listening? Yeah, there's there's so many good ones out there. Um, There's there's one that I'm reading again now, probably for like the fifth time. I'm actually doing it on... um, in, in the audio format, but it's the seven habits of highly successful people by yeah. Stephen Covey. Mm-hmm. I tie a lot of that into sales. So it's, we, we really focus on one of the habits, which is start with the end in mind. Yeah. So when we look at marketing, we look at sales, everything we start with, okay, what is, what's a win look like? You know, what's our ultimate goal? Mm-hmm. We start there and then mm-hmm. we work backwards to figure out what can we do to make sure that we achieve that goal. Yeah. Yeah. And you've mentioned in our conversations leading up to today, starting with the end in mind, and I'm I'm going to be asking a bit more about that uh, coming up in the future. But I mean, maybe from a personal standpoint, you know, especially for some of the younger audience that might be listening to this, did you have, you know, any mentors that stuck out early on in your career, particularly, you know, ones that were impactful in your sales side of your skill set? Yeah, I think by, you know, first... I'm going to call it real job, but first job okay. that, that um, I had when I lived out in San Diego after um, college, 
I got into, worked for a company called Household Finance. Mm-hmm. It was a big finance institution back in the day. And um, Eric Lovett, who's somebody that might be listening to this podcast, was my first manager. So this is going back 25, 26 years ago. And he was a, a funny guy. He just was a no-nonsense, no-excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, he was funny. I, I I loved his style. Not everybody probably did because he was he was tough. But I learned quickly that you can, there's no excuse why you can't be successful. So, you know, some, some folks come to work every single day and there's a reason why they're not happy or why they're not going to achieve their goals. And so that's something that I took. I took to heart early on, worked really, really hard, was the first one in, last one to leave kind of guy. And I wasn't the smartest, so I had to work harder harder than everybody else. And that was just one um, a nugget that has stayed with me my entire career, really. Sure. Yeah. No reason that you can't be successful. I love, mm-hmm. I love the, the fire you're giving us here early in the interview. Um, you know, I, I do, I'm going to ask you about Robex next as well, because the thing I find fascinating about it is Robex started in 2017, right? It was, uh, John Parker and Kevin Conti, they co-founded the company, correct? Yes. It was actually, they first got together as 2015. It okay. really started to take form in 2017 and then has really expanded now into three divisions where we, before it was typically an industrial services type company and we've bolded on automation and then mm-hmm. a, a Lear business. Well, the reason I find this so fascinating is a lot of industrial automation companies seem to be have been around for like 30 something years. That seems to be the norm. So from your perspective, why was it ripe to start another company like this now or something that would be different from the others that were already out there? Yeah, it's a great question. I I think what John did really well is, is John and and Kevin, um, the other co-owner hand selected people that they worked with in the industry that they bumped into over the years out in the field Mm -hmm. and hand selected an A team. And then went outside of automation and in hand selected some other people that were not in the industry but had skill sets that they thought would benefit and be a real culture fit for mm-hmm. the people that they brought in. And then once we kind of stepped back and looked at the team that we assembled, you really at that point in time could see that, hey, this is this is gonna be a lot of fun. There is there is no reason we can't be the most successful you know, in the country. And that's really, you know, we've got very, very aggressive goals for this year and, and every year thereafter. Um, we've got a 10-year plan that myself and the owners have, have bought into and we're, we're mm-hmm. aggressively going after it. And really there's, like, you know, like I meant, we talked earlier, there's no reason that we can't be successful. It's up to us to execute. Love that. Yeah. And, and from where, where I, I'm interested to see where you come in is you joined not too long after that, 2018 right. was when you came, you started mm-hmm. as a consultant here Correct. and then you came on full time. You know, when, when it's a young company like that, that doesn't necessarily have that brand name that they can use to, you know, push their way through the market. What was the first thing you did from a business development or sales and marketing perspective, um, realizing that you could do a bunch of different things. Sure. What was the one that you decided to start with to make an impact? We, you know, we started with, um, creating the customer avatar. So really trying mm-hmm. to understand who is our customer, who do we want to be talking to, who would benefit most from the services that we offer. Mm-hmm. So really kind of creating this, this, this person or, you know, this avatar of, of our customers. So understanding that was step number one. And that, takes a lot longer than some people might think. You, mm-hmm. you may believe you know who is going to buy from you and who wants to yeah. engage with you, but until you really start asking the questions, you probably you don't know as much as you, you think you mm-hmm. do. And then once we did that, then 
went aggressive with a, a LinkedIn campaign. Mm-hmm. So we started with, oh my goodness, when I got here, I want to say we had 118 followers on LinkedIn. And so we went out, hired a, a marketing manager to continue what I was doing. And we have been relentless on LinkedIn trying to to post valuable you know, okay. items, not just, you know, post and, and hope that you're going to gain followers. We're trying to bring as much value as we can to the market. And we started that in 2018 and we're up to, I don't know, 20, almost 2,200 followers now, I think, and getting a lot of uh, positive feedback from, you know, our, our customer base and, and prospects, suppliers, people that we do business with. I like that when you said you were relentless, you clarified in that it's about posting value because there's, there's certainly something to be said about posting frequently, posting quality content, but it needs to be something that's giving value to customers at the end of the day. I know you're also a big Gary Vaynerchuk fan and and one of his books and and mantras in general is jab, 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 right hook, where jabs are give value, give value, give value, give value. Then as in boxing, you know, occasionally you ask, but you have to have given a lot of value before you're asking for that order. Yeah. So. Yeah, we give. I mean, honestly, we we will do things. We will go above and beyond for our customers ahead of ever getting a purchase order. Mm-hmm. So the one thing that our sales team and engineering team will do that that we believe is a little different is that we will go really deep into the details, spend time, do some R and D work. We, mm-hmm. You know, especially if we find a customer that we really think there's a a match there to where they share in our values, we share in their values, and we want to be their their go to integrator for you know as long as possible, we'll go really, really deep into that relationship with, as you said, a bunch of jabs, free, free value, 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 value. Mm -hmm. And at the end, we hope that the order is there because we earned it. We'll be right back right after a word from our sponsor. This episode of Manufacturing Happy Hour is sponsored by Steamchain.io. Steamchain is the machine-as-a-service company that's transforming the way end-users and equipment manufacturers collaborate, increase revenues, and grow together. Now, what is machine-as-a-service? Well, if you're familiar with other as-a-service business models, it works very similarly. Rather than pay the upfront cost of a piece of capital equipment, whether that's a case erector or a canning line or anything beyond that or in between, end-users have the opportunity to pay for that equipment based on its usage and performance. This moves investment dollars from CapEx to OpEx and ties this investment to production output. The coolest thing is, machine builders win as well. Through this performance-based financing model, now OEMs can cash in on the increases in throughput and quality that they deliver, generating ongoing post-sale revenue for their business. Steamchain's machine-as-a-service business model is one of the best solutions I've come across during my time hosting Manufacturing Happy Hour. And if you want to hear more, make sure to check out Episode 5, where we interviewed Steamchain's CEO and co-founder, Mike Cromachy. You can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash steamchain, and make sure to visit them at steamchain.io to learn how you can start working with them today. And now, back to today's episode. On the flip side of this, you guys are doing it right. I I see what you post on LinkedIn all the time. Good quality content. It's about your culture. It's about what you do. It's tips for your customers, things Mm -hmm. along those lines. What's the number one mistake you see people make? Man, it's funny because 
because I, I did all of it, right? I've yeah. made all the mistakes. So it's mm-hmm. kind of, I don't, I'm not pointing fingers at people, but the one thing that we see is that people will post, whether it's information or a video or, or pictures, or whatever, that it's not, there's no target. There's no, you can tell mm-hmm. they didn't begin with the end in mind. So they're just kind of posting to post, thinking that, boy, I've got to stay in front of people. Uh, in order to stay relevant when they're forgetting that the content's the most important, not not so much the frequency. Mm-hmm. So you'll, you'll see it. You go, even big companies that have huge marketing budgets. And I would say teams, especially big companies. Yeah, <laughs> they just are missing a little, you know, customers may not care as much about your new ad of your mm-hmm. product and the packaging and the way it looks. They may care about the people that actually did it. So why not interview the people that are the ones on the floor mm-hmm. making the product, working hard, learning about them and their families. And that's what we believe the customers want to hear is yeah. going a little bit more personal. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that your first tip and the first thing you did here at Robex was identify your avatar, right. your ideal customer persona. Because that's, um, you know, the same goes for podcasting mm-hmm. as well. You need to know who you're talking to right. on your podcast. And I think where, you know, to where big companies might struggle is there, they do have maybe a wider net and different type of customers. So they're like, well, we'll just do stuff that tries to appeal to all of them. Right. But at the end of the day, you need to be narrowing it in on this person at this industry yes. to make an impact. Yes. You know, from from an anecdotal perspective, you know, what's the most successful type of content that you share that you find? Is there something that you see gets more of an impact than others? Yeah, I think it's it's funny because when you think you understand it, you realize mm-hmm. you don't. Because I do think LinkedIn, and we're talking LinkedIn, but the mm-hmm. algorithms and and how LinkedIn evolves and changes is constant. So mm-hmm. just because video might be working today, video mm-hmm. of of our employees talking about you know, whether it's a project showing some automation, that might be hot today, mm-hmm. but a month from now it might not be. So we are we are always um challenging ourselves to do something different and then just look at the results. And then if that works, we'll do it again, mm-hmm. but always looking at the results, making sure we understand what we're, what we're getting, you know, from the efforts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you, whether it's, you know, let's we're recording this at the start of 21. Is there mm-hmm. something you've done recently that you've seen work? Yeah. So we have uh, a large order of mirrors, which I think you've seen on our, our floor. Now we have mm-hmm. nine of them um, and more coming so we did a post, uh, we've done a couple posts of the mirrors and trying to get fun with the holidays and just something different. Mm-hmm. And we've had, you know, thousands of people that have, that have looked at them. So in, in the beauty is they may not engage or call us right away, but we can see from LinkedIn's analytics, we can tell like how many are engineers, how many are, let's say mm-hmm. in management type roles, even, you know, what companies they're from, the ones that are looking at our posts. So, um, you know, Wes Allen, who's our marketing manager, we both sit down and look at this often just to understand that, you know, if it's a bunch of salespeople that are looking at our posts, then we're missing the target because mm-hmm. salespeople aren't going to buy from us. Mm-hmm. We want engineers, um, production managers, plant managers, C-level executives. Mm-hmm. Those are the folks that we know we need to engage in order for them to appreciate, you know, what it is that we do. Mm-hmm. Let me ask, is there a flip side to that where you, because we're, we're talking about personas and identifying who mm-hmm. you're targeting. Uh, from those analytics, do you ever say, hey, we should be targeting this type of decision maker within an organization? Does that ever happen where it's like, you know, maybe we need to make more content for this type of person? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, it does. It does happen. And it's funny because we, we will, you know, a lot of companies 
um, are similar in the way that they go about their purchasing decisions. Mm -hmm. There's typically a an engineer that um, a corporate automation engineer, let's say, that's in charge of these types of projects. So they're going out engaging people like Robex. Mm -hmm. But then there's companies where the maintenance person might be in charge of it. Maybe they're smaller companies. So we'll we'll first of all we see kind of who we're dealing with on our active projects, and then we can take a look at LinkedIn and and. Uh, you know, the, the profiles of the, the folks that are following us and seeing if there's something different. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Love that you're looking at it from different perspectives. Um, you know, it, it's, you guys are giving away a ton of great content. You know, what's, what's been the result that you see at the end of the day? How do you tie that to the overall growth Robex results you see at Robex? We've had, you know, what's amazing to me is we, we've, kind of 2020 was a tough year, right? Mm -hmm. For, for all of mm -hmm. us. And, and we stayed consistent, even though there, there was days where there wasn't anything good to talk about. We tried to come up with value every single day in days when it, there wasn't a lot going on here. People were working from home. Our, our customers closed their doors. You know, it, it was a challenge. The, you know, what I think we're, we're starting to see from it as we have now conversations with our, our customers or suppliers or anyone that we're doing business with, they will always reference, hey, I saw that you guys posted this on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Or, hey, we're hearing a lot about you because we've been in some publications recently. So we're, we're try always trying to add value wherever we can and mm -hmm. um, being on podcasts, things mm -hmm. like this. It's just when, when people are talking about you in a good way, that's, that's yeah. really what, that's how I know it's working. Mm -hmm. Can I say that because we were active on LinkedIn, we've closed X amount of business, you know, not, not specifically, but we know for sure that this little, this company, which isn't little anymore, but being located here in Perrysburg, Ohio, a mm -hmm. lot of people know of Robex now. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I think it is important to take those, you know, anecdotal scenarios where someone's like, Hey, I heard about you in X publication or Y right. podcast, whichever mm -hmm. it is. Um, that's, that's awesome to see the success that you're having. And, you know, as a call to action for the listeners, before we wrap up a little, we got a little bit more left in this episode. If you're not following Robex on LinkedIn yet, definitely do that. They're as far as I'm concerned, one of the companies to take a look at to, to see how it's done right. Um, but it is something I'd like to, you know, maybe get a little more tactical and granular on before the episode ends. Sure. We talk about identifying the right persona as a starting point. And, you know, I'm sure there are people out there that are listening that may be frustrated with their social media results, might be like, you know, it's just something we do to show brand every once in a while, but we're not seeing the results. But, you know, maybe it's because they haven't taken those first steps. So let's go back to that, identifying that persona you know, starting with sure. the end in mind, is there a tool or process you recommend to figure, to go through to say, Hey, who is it that we are supposed to be talking to? You know, what we did is we, we had several people from the industry that came on board, but maybe from different companies. And we mm -hmm. sat in a room and said, think of all the business you've done, all the, the you know, the FANUC robots that we've integrated, you know, who, who is the person that always is making the decision? So mm -hmm. you know, everyone's like, Oh, it's the, you know, the project engineer or it was mm -hmm. the plant manager. Or, so we went through and just started writing all the job descriptions down mm -hmm. that we knew uh, had the potential to make decisions or mm -hmm. the ones that would want to know more about Robex. So that's how we started that piece. Awesome. So just a, it was a whiteboard and I mean, it's very, very basic, but it allows you to really challenge yourself. And then, and you start finding common, you know, job descriptions. So you kind of take it down. We ended up with maybe, 12, I, I want to say, is what we still use when we're going out to, to target. 
Mm-hmm. And and just from my own experience, what I found is once you narrow it down to those job descriptions, you know, we've talked about LinkedIn a lot in this episode. Between mm-hmm. tools like Sales Navigator on LinkedIn, there are ways to really oh, yeah. go after those type of people. Um, and not from a salesy standpoint. It's about, you know, find the people and build relationships with them. Right. Like it's not, you know, I think another misperception is people think this is like an overnight activity sometimes. Yeah, no. Like, you know, we can just turn the marketing engine on. And in your estimation, how long did it really take you guys for it to pick up steam or where you were starting to see some traction? Yeah. So we've, you know, the LinkedIn is, is probably 10% of what we do. Okay. We've got, we've got several other things that we've put in place, um, different ways that we touch prospects, whether that's a newsletter that we do on a monthly basis that mm-hmm. goes out to all of our contacts. Mm-hmm. We have a, a unique email, um, campaign mm-hmm. that, that's kind of our own that we've, we've, uh, uh, we've, I guess, taking it into this industry. I used it in other industries and it, it works really well here. So it's kind of our own little baby that we've created. Mm-hmm. So we, we're hitting it from every direction very consistently and always are measuring. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing I think if I could tell any of the, of the listeners, no matter what you you do and you know where you decide to put your money, you need to be able to measure the best yeah. you can. Some mm-hmm. of it's anecdotal, but some of it you can get real good you know, analytics from. But I would challenge people to measure. Don't just throw ten thousand dollars at something and and you hope that it works. You got to go back and challenge yourself to to make sure you're following up to to understand is that worth doing again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with all the information available, there's almost no excuse mm-hmm. not to measure how it's doing. In fact, it's right. it's it's almost harder not to measure it now than it than it is to measure it with the instant yeah. feedback. You know, some of the platforms give you in terms of views right. and open rates sure. and things like that. You know, we we've got a lot to talk to you about um, in subsequent episodes on technology, some of your podcasting experiences. But before we wrap up this one, is there anything you wish I would have asked you about, you know, sales and marketing that I haven't yet or something that's front of mind for you right now? It's front of mind. You know, I just, I think in, in our industry and I, and this really is for our customers too. So manufacturing, and you, you mentioned, you know, our, our customers are in the food, beverage, paper, plastics, building materials, mm-hmm. typically in those industries, you know, Fortune 100 companies. We also do work with smaller regional players that are successful. Mm-hmm. I would just um, tell everybody that's looking to grow their business that if you're not online and not tapping into some of these, a lot of free resources, really, invest, hire the person, um, hire somebody full-time, pay that money, and make sure that you you are figuring out how to stay relevant. And just because you have a big brand mm-hmm. in this day and age, little guys, like we started out as a little guy mm-hmm. as Robex and, you know, our brand now has gained a lot of momentum and in some cases can be well, more well known than, as you mentioned, a company that's been around 30 years. Mm-hmm. So to, to the, the listeners, don't, don't rest. You can't yeah. rest. There's, there's other brands being created now that are coming after you. So you've got to, you've got to get creative and you got to believe that, um, this age that we're in now, it's only going to get easier for people to get information. You got to make mm-hmm. sure you're there in front of them. Absolutely. And, and since it's obvious that you guys have that digital presence, where can the listeners find you, uh, find info about Robex? We're everywhere. Yeah, just Google Love us. That. But, uh, yes. Robex.us is our website. <laughs> We've got a podcast called the Automation Solution Podcast. LinkedIn, very active, as we talked about. I'm, I'm pretty sure we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. 
We're, we're really we are everywhere, so it's we're pretty easy. To find. Wes is back here nodding his head that, yeah, yeah. that uh, you're thing, on all right? those platforms. Yeah, it's a good so thing. yeah, no, you guys, I, when when you can answer that question with just Google us, you yeah. know you're doing something right. Yeah. So, well, cool. Well, hey, interview number one has been great. Awesome. We're looking forward Thanks, to talking bud. to you more here soon. Absolutely. And for those of you listening, stay innovative, stay thirsty. Catch you again next time. All right, all right, all right. Thank you for listening. And a big thanks to Craig and Wes and the whole team at Robex for helping make this episode happen. Uh, I was just out there at the start of 2021. And honestly, it was the first business trip I took in like 10 months, you know, wearing masks, following all social distancing protocols, really productive visit. They're doing some really cool things at Robex. So I definitely recommend you check them out. And I'm excited to say that we're going to be featuring them more here on the podcast uh, in three or four more episodes. Like I said, we're going to do more of a technology centric episode with Craig talking about some of the trends they're seeing in industrial automation, what they see taking place in the manufacturing market in 2021 and beyond. That's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to share that that one in about a month from now as well. Anyway, we shared a lot in this episode, a lot of good resources from Craig. Head to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash 42. See the show notes for this episode. Learn more about Robex. Check out uh, the Stephen Covey books, Gary Vaynerchuk books we mentioned. You can find all of that there. As always, if you liked the show, if you're enjoying it, please consider leaving a rating and review over at iTunes, Apple Podcasts. You can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes. And if you do leave a rating and review, I'm going to make sure I give it a shout out here on one of the future episodes in the intro. I really do appreciate you guys taking the time to get those things written up and posted for everyone to see. Finally, want to thank both of our sponsors for today's episode. Let's start with Steam Chain. Steam Chain is the machine as a service company, which as any other as a service type business, you get to pay for factory equipment based on output rather than upfront capital costs. That's just one of the ways you can use it. But really what they're doing is they're creating ways for OEMs and end users to collaborate and get more production on a regular basis. And I should mention that actually Robex is one of Steam Chain's clients. They have their machine as a service program that they call Flex, F-L-E-X-X. So if you're interested in learning more about what machine as a service looks like, make sure to check them out on Robex's website. Again, you can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash 40 to access show notes and links from this episode. Next, a big thank you to our newest sponsor of Manufacturing Happy Hour, Gen Alpha. Gen Alpha equips manufacturers, distributors, and dealers with the products and services they need to accelerate profits online. They are an e-commerce solution for manufacturers, and the coolest thing about these folks is they all come from the manufacturing industry, so they know the challenges you face when you're trying to identify the right part for a piece of equipment. If you're looking to implement a more robust e-commerce solution customized for your business, make sure to check out Gen Alpha at GenAlpha.com or listen to episode 34 of Manufacturing Happy Hour featuring Gen Alpha president and COO Christina Harrington. And that's it for this week. Thanks everyone for listening. We got another episode with Robex coming up soon and other great content coming your way. We'll catch you back here on Manufacturing Happy Hour real soon. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Manufacturing Happy Hour. Powered by the Industrial Network.